0: produced with podcasting gear from Tascam including the Tascam Mini Studio trust your audio to Tascam sound thinking microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio CAD Audio expression through innovation
1: forgive the interruption but i believe this requires your attention Meanwhile,
0: at the above ground underwater suborgo volcano lair.
1: Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a plan. <laughs> It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. It's sort of like a team. A team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're. The right time
1: well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike,
0: Kylan, and Eric.
1: What a bunch of losers! I am guru
0: Glad I did know.
1: These people may be isolated, unbalanced but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Shoot up! I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. Um, this is where the jokes count and the points don't hit. Wait, sorry, that's whose line is it?
0: But, you know, we do kind of do a whose line is it anyway when we talk about rumors for people being up for parts in
1: upcoming Marvel movies. So, you know, it's not too far off. True. That's true. true. Um, it is the Intrepid Trio, not the Smugglers 3 like I reversed last night on Wookiee Radio while recording our Smugglers Alliance roundtable. Uh, it is the Intrepid Trio. It is Eric, Kylan, and myself. Mike, how are Hello. you doing?
0: Good, man. Good. You know, guys, I'm a winter person. You know why I'm a winter person? Because there ain't no freaking pollen in the winter. This earth dandruff is about to get the best of me. I'm just saying. Well, you
2: see, I was in the same boat until like almost 20 years ago when I moved up north. And then it went away. But I'm starting to uh, acclimate. And so I'm starting to feel it just a bit. But apparently northern pollen is du- is different from southern pollen, so I don't envy you for that. <laughs> you know, but I know what you mean. I get it. Yeah? Yeah, it's no
1: fault. Well, I get killed either way because it's flower and garden time at Epcot, oh, okay. and when they start prepping that in, yeah. And then when they take it out, yeah. Oh. No. Plant- yeah. I- I'm in hay fever torture.
2: I, uh, I, I I'm not I'm not having to deal with sinuses or anything like that but I'm getting to relive some early 90's comic goodness uh, I'm currently in the middle or the, the second half of volume one of uh, Nick Fury Ethan of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, this, this, takes, this is a series that takes place immediately after uh, Nick Fury vs. S.H.I.E.L.D. And you know what? Uh, and I wish that we – I wish I was reading it now when when we had Tom DeFalco on because there was some crazy, crazy stuff that goes on in that book. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I just picked up because comicology – or Marvel through comicology and through their own digital stuff. They're doing a bunch of different things on sale, and uh, West Coast Avengers was one of them. West Coast Avengers? Yep. The original from the 80s. Oh! oh okay. Well, they they even had the new stuff on sale, too, like the collected volumes. And um, they're, I picked up the original four-issue mini that started it all. That was so good. For under 4 bucks.
2: Digital. You know what? I might, I might have to jump on that, because that was such a good series.
1: Oh yeah, that whole thing was great.
2: Although I have a question. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You're, you're the Avengers West Coast expert. Okay, so what was the difference between the West Coast Avengers and Avengers West Coast, out of, outside of the outside of them being different series?
1: Title change. That was it. Uh, when when Inglehart left, um the new writer took advantage of being able to change it.
2: Yeah, so he could mar- mark where his beginning was, I guess.
1: I guess. It's sort of like with uh over with the Distinguished Competition. Um when um when George Perez left Teen Titans mm. or was starting to go. It was the new Teen Titans, and then all and then for a few issues it became tales of the new tales of the Teen Titans.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: While the new team took over Teen Titans.
2: Ah. Okay.
1: So. So yeah, that's that's that. Uh, I will say, go check out our store. Um, the updated Captain Marvel jersey. Her not the. Not the Veers jersey, but the Captain Marvel jersey. Hockey jersey is up. It's updated for you to get, along with, hey, no, it's baseball season. Opening day, as we record. Yep. Sucks that the Tribe lost.
2: They lost?
1: They lost. 2-0 to the Twins. Um, But opening day is next week for them. I think on Monday against the White Sox. But this is not sports. This is Marvel. We do have Mighty Marvel Geeks baseball jerseys as well. And I'm in the process of modifying the Captain Marvel jerseys and a couple others that we got coming up into baseball stylings as well. Okay. So um, so that's that. So those are coming. Um, can't wait for those to pop up. Uh, of course, still sweatshirts. I'm a, I'm a hoodie-type guy year-round because my wife keeps the freaking house cold. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a sweatshirt hockey jersey type of guy year round. Um these guys will attest to it. Also to check out our partner found me uh from BioWorld. That's F O U N D M I dot com. Use the code Agents all one or filled yeah, it's filled agents, right? I believe it's what it is. Yeah. Let me double check our site. Yes, filled agents all one word for fifteen percent off your first purchase. Um, well, we have our um, our afterboxing video because it was so much like Christmas Day that when we got our stuff, we started using it right away, and we kind of forgot to do the video about it. Yeah, for real. So we're so we're putting that video together. It's coming out. Um, I'm hoping to get it out this weekend. Um, just waiting on one final component. And hint. Better living through technology. <laughs> that would be a Kylan hint. Um,
2: what? I you got mine?
1: Do I? I didn't see it.
2: Yeah, I, it's I, it's loaded on on the
0: drive.
1: My mistake.
0: You know what I hear? You know what I hear here? I hear thunk thunk. Somebody got thrown under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> under the hella bus.
2: I didn't. Yeah. Laugh.
1: Okay, I I don't see it.
2: You don't, it's like like the it's like one over from Eric.
1: No, I'm not seeing it. Uh, We're doing a screenshot oh. right there.
2: You know what? I bet anything is just on. Ah, you know what? Now I can fix that because I bet anything is just on my drive. I can move it over. Okay, <laughs> there you
1: go. Um, so yeah, check them out. I mean, these things are great. I love them. They uh, are. I actually used my Iron Man one when we went to dinner at Disney Springs Saturday night. and did, We were at Shock Lindsay's Hangar Bar and kind of there for a tribute to my dad. And uh, we took a picture outside, selfie, put it in selfie mode, used the keychain to create a picture. It turned out great. Zoe held the phone. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about her trying to hit the right button or whatnot. So, um, so yeah, that's the important stuff. Let's get right into it. Um Oh, that's me. Well, hold on. (laughs) Let let me clarify this because I think Agent Coulson said it best.
0: Oh, spoiler alert. Huge spoiler alert. And, okay, well, all right, huge spoiler alert and not so huge spoiler alert because uh, basically I'm reading here from from Yahoo News and – it says uh, someone who worked on Avengers Endgame confirmed a main character will die. Okay, so that's a spoiler, and it's not a spoiler because I mean, how many times have we heard it? Oh, well, so somebody's gonna die. Somebody's gonna die. We've heard you know, well, their their contracts are coming to an end. You know, we've heard, we've heard Cap. We've heard Tony, and it, it, you know, you there's a theory out there for just about every single person. That's true. So this is probably one of the worst spoilers out there. Um, Bob the hydro uh, dies. Yeah, there you go. But, I mean, there's, there's some other spoilers that I had not ever seen before. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to deviate from script here just a little bit because we hadn't talked about talking about this before we started recording tonight. Um, a leak from a Lego toy set confirmed part of the Avengers Endgame plot because it's it's leaked images of a set, but it's a lab where a uh, an Infinity Gauntlet is being analyzed. Hmm. So, I mean, it almost looks kind of like um, – it almost looks kind of like a Hank Pym-style lab. Okay. So we can't say we, – we don't know for sure, but it's – the particulars are still under are still anyone's guess, but this definitely shows an infinity gauntlet being analyzed. So it's pretty safe bet that the Avengers will get their hands on an infinity gauntlet, whether it's the, it's Thanoss or it's a duplicate. Because you remember,
1: there was a duplicate there at the Star Forge. Right. If this Lego kit's real, which I believe it is, uh-huh. I want it just for the decal on the computer screen.
0: Oh, you and me both. <laughs> I want this set regardless. Now, there's also... Something that – this is on VGR.com, and this is another leaked product image. If this is legit, not only is this making me squeal like a schoolgirl at a boy band concert, but it's also proving something that we have talked about on this very podcast. It is uh, a picture of the Hulk wearing an infinity suit. Not an infinity suit, but a, a quantum suit. Right. Okay, which we have talked about that before. Right. We have seen pictures of, of the Hulk wearing a quantum suit. Right. But this is for a Titan Hero Series action figure of Hulk in the suit. What makes me squeal here is the line that's uh, printed here underneath Hulk says Bruce Banner masters his temper to become the giant super strong hero Hulk. Professor Hulk. Let me read that again, just in case you missed it the first time. Bruce Banner masters his temper to become the giant, super strong hero Hulk. Mm. Now, you remember what I said when we first were talking about the Hulk toy with the with the quantum suit? I said his expression looks a whole lot more calm and focused than we've ever seen a Hulk before. That's true. Yeah and i said could we be seeing professor hulk in endgame it's
2: i mean some time has passed
0: yeah i mean he has said we got to have a long talk he's talking to hulk at the at the end of infinity war But this this article says, quote, but wait, there's one more thing this toy leak suggests, and it's huge. The MCU embodiment of Professor Hulk may finally be coming in Avengers Endgame. Because they're saying that the notion that Banner might, quote, master his temper suggests an amalgam of Banner and
1: Hulk. Right. Right. Okay. Here's something else I found over on BGR. Um I kind of want to add to your theories. These were some someone from an unedited text from Reddit. I'm taking Reddit with a grain of salt, especially after the Star Wars merchandise retail slash movie poster debacle from the other day. Um, They're saying, here's all three acts of Endgame bullet points tony and nebula make it back to earth um marvel's we there think. marvel there. entire team heads to thanos uh he's weakened the team especially because of marvel kill him gauntlet's broken and stones can't undo the snap they couldn't protect the universe so they avenged it thanos meets death the girl that everyone thinks was cast as ant-man's daughter he's pleased with himself okay uh go ahead Yeah. No,
0: I, I- Yes, I would take every bit of that with a grain of salt, just act because. One. Yeah.
1: Act two. A few years later, Ant Man returns, explains quantum stuff. Tony builds out quantum suits. Team splits off to recharge stones at various points in time. Rest of act is interaction between present and past selves, teams, and Power Stone. I don't see that one happening because that's like that whole you don't let your. Self from the past meet yourself from the future type deal.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kind of a trope. But not only have we seen that trope work, we've seen it not work. Right, right. Uh, I kind like the idea. I, I will be happy if that if
1: it comes out like that. Thanos has been watching the entire time. Now concerned that they could undo his plan, begs Death to let him preserve his work. Act three: Thanos and Outriders attack Avengers headquarters to prevent New Gauntlet from being used. Cap, Tony, Hulk, Quantum, away to Wakanda, battle using new Gauntlet, only to miss and end up on Xandar after Thanos' battle there. Uh, gauntlet isn't strong enough to beat Thanos. Big fight between those three until Cap. Till it's Cap versus Thanos. Uh, Cap is able to use the Gauntlet one last time. Avengers assemble, bring everyone to face him. That's a huge fight scene in real time. Thanos at Wakanda sees stones weakening from his Gauntlet because in. In this timeline, he's defeated. Thanos is killed at Wakanda. Cap sacrifices himself. And now the snap never happened. So the events in the movie basically never happened. Doctor Strange does some hand wavy, saying the loop is now closed for the 14th millionth time. And we won. Mm. You know, (sighs) I'm with you. I'm with
0: you. Take that with a grain of salt. But I've heard worse. Yeah, I have heard worse. Heard worse, and this—I could see it going down like that. But back to the back to the original article from Yahoo that uh, that I was looking at. Um, this is about a radio interview with uh, MVS Noticias, uh, which was uh, relayed by Spanish language blog Unocero. Uh, it's a voice actor by the name of Sergio Zarita. Now, it's no secret movies that are released in international markets are often dubbed in local languages. Uh, Zarita apparently, uh, reportedly, voices Rocket in the Spanish language version, which I want to hear this guy's voice. I, I do. I just want to see you know how, how that guy's voice stands up to Bradley Cooper's. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, we've had rumors going on that at least one main character is going to snuff it at some point in the movie. Probably at the end, and uh, during Zarita's interview, he says, "quote I can tell you that the movie takes you from laughter to tears. A key character dies. Uh, the actor, the actor, said this in Spanish language interview that has been machine translated into English. Apparently, they grabbed some of those Universal translators from Star Trek. He says, "quote I cannot say more. It's too much. I don't. I do not know if I have already said too much." Uh, Let's see. We know uh, we we keep saying, you know, you know, Cap and Tony being the the most likely candidates. Uh, Zarita also tossed out two more names over the course of the interview. Uh, He said, quote, the movie looks intense. Good. Uh, Rocket is in another state of mind. Rocket is always angry and throwing a bullet. And now Rocket is brooding. Moreover, there is a time when Rocket is so sad that he does not care to be told in certain ways that it bothers him that they always tell him. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Mm, That's a bad translation. Yeah. He said, uh, quote, there's a dialogue between Rocket and no, I think I cannot say that anymore. Okay. Okay. he also says, quote, there are irreversible things, very interesting, very interesting what happens with Thor. Yeah. So so the question is, well, all right, Rocket is going to be around for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We right. pretty much know that. Yeah. There, I'm not that worried about Rocket dying. No. It's what he says, very interesting what happens with Thor. Right. And says there are irreversible things. Now, some people are taking this to mean that. Thor dies as well. Yeah, me, me. I don't think so. Mm-mm. No, what, what I'm saying, what I'm thinking is, once all this gets reversed, Loki is still going to be dead. Okay. And you know, the, every time that we have thought we have seen Loki die, he's not really dead, right? And so what I'm what my take is on this is that somehow the snap is undone. Right. But it's only what happens at the snap. Everybody that he has killed before the snap right. stays dead.
2: I, I agree with you. I mean So So
0: that would mean that would mean half the remaining Asgardians and Loki. Right. It's one snap in reverse formation. Oh, You've been waiting all the time to do that, uh-huh. haven't you? Yes, uh- I have.
2: I there there was something that
0: that uh
2: that Peggy says in in like the the last big trailer that came out and she was talking about you know, sometimes you just have to go back mm-hmm. now, and I don't know if this might be a false crumb but I wonder what would happen if if Steve never What would happen if Steve never uh, joined the army or what if Tony never traveled to the Middle East or, you know, like, you know, these things, these decisions, these were key moments in their lives. Like, what would happen? You know, like, I wonder if maybe if the snap is tied to that in some way, you know, You know, what if these in these quantum suits are able to go back to these key moments in their lives? Or what if what if Bruce never decided to to try or was never present for the. Well, what if Bruce never decided to experiment with gamma radiation? You know, all, all those moments that changed their lives. What if those things didn't happen? How would that affect the future? Like I know we would still get we would still get a Captain America, maybe.
0: What but if the Red Skull Red never found
2: the Tesseract? Exactly. True. Because no, if if the Red Skull never found the Tesseract, then you know, that that yeah. that's just a lot of stuff. I don't I, know. I that that that's something that's kind of been playing in my head too. I, like along with all these other theories that are out there. I don't know I don't know it's it's hard for me to I know that time figures into this, but to what capacity is my
0: question that's a good question, and you know all of a sudden all the questions that we have about this. 14,605,000 doesn't sound like that far-fetched of a number. Because you start thinking, you know, all the key events from the MCU over the past 10 years, if, if so much as one of them did not happen, what if, Thor, what if Thor never went to Jotunheim? If Thor never went to Jotunheim, he would not have been cast out of Asgard. He would not have sacrificed himself there in New Mexico what if uh, – and what if, uh, again, if Red Skull never found the Tesseract, then S.H.I.E.L.D. would never have had the Tesseract. Mm-mm. Loki would not have come for the Tesseract. Mm-mm. Loki would never have stabbed Colson. Nope. I mean, it's all these uh, – every but, little thing. There's like infinite div- diversity and infinite combinations.
1: The Tesseract would not appear in Captain Marvel.
0: Hold on. Let me think. You know what? I think he's right. I mean, you got, you got to think about it. There's so many. There's a domino effect. Yeah. Remove one domino.
2: And and on top of that, Bucky would never kill Tony's parents. If Bucky never killed Tony's parents, does Tony still become
0: Iron Man? See, there you go.
2: I, I, I see. I mean, there's, there is a lot that can happen. Wait, oh, crap. All this could be changed if Steve... Did not join the army
0: okay let's just put this into a little bit of conspiracy theory okay let's say this reddit post is correct, okay they go back in time to like recharge infinity stones or possibly even steal them mm-hmm. so let's say the tesseract is stolen. From its its hiding place in Norway before the Red Skull can find it, Mm -hmm. okay. So the Red Skull never finds it. Steve would not have joined the army. Nope. Well, of course, those two things are not connected. But Hydra would not have broken away from Nazi, you know, from Nazi Germany, right? And the war would have played out about like it would have, right? Right. Steve might have joined the army, might not have. Professor Erskine may not have been killed. That's true. So what would happen if Erskine mass produced the super soldier serum? And this was actually covered in a what if issue way back in the day. I want to read that. It was like it. If Erskine had not died, he would have mass produced and he would have you would have literally had the army of super soldiers that, you know, Steve
1: was supposed to be just the first. Right. Right. But, you know, you think of it this way, this is all type of stuff that could also be thrown into the rumored what if show coming to Disney Plus.
2: Dude, every time you tell me, every time you mention that, I get goosebumps.
0: Yeah, it's funny how that works. But think about it, the allies, particularly the u s in World War II with an army of Steve Rogers, yeah, yeah, that would have been interesting, and They're, things would have turned out totally different, yeah, so yeah i, I just all those what ifs I, I think you've got almost an infinite
1: number of show ideas if what if comes to Disney plus as I, as I said last week, a Marvel What if is a amazing stories. Or Disney Plus, and set in the Marvel universe. Yeah, it can easily turn into that, and probably should. And if that's the case, do we try and get Steven Spielberg to sign on to do it, or executive produce it?
2: I don't know Spielberg has an issue with superhero movies, doesn't he?
1: Yeah uh, if if Marvel pays him well, is he going to have those issues? I don't and know, a second, and, definitely- and a second, it's not movie. It's not a movie. It'd be a streaming TV show? It'd be an anthology TV show. Yeah, it's an anthology series. Right. So, just saying. Yeah. But, um, Joe Russo saying some stuff as well.
2: Oh, yeah. Joe Russo is, uh, talking about his, uh, future with Marvel Studios after Avengers Endgame. Um, uh, and, you know, we all been fans of, uh, Joe and Anthony Russo's work. You know, they they're responsible for what was initially believed to be impossible and that was to bring the Avengers to the big screen they did it in uh, they, they they knocked it out of the box, that's the only way I could put it uh, so uh, meanwhile, Avengers Endgame uh, pretty much wraps up this story of the Avengers but uh, does this mean that it's the end for Joe Russo? Uh, Here's a quote. Here's a quote from Joe Russo. The door is always open. Everyone at Marvel is like family to us, Joe Russo told Box Office Pro. We grew up reading comic books and these stories are incredibly open to us. Anything that moved you as a child or spoke to you as a child, has an emotional resonance you carry with you your entire life. It's very hard to find a story that can speak to you the same way it did when you were younger. He goes on to say, we love Marvel. We've had an incredible experience with them. It's why we've made four movies in six years with them. They're like family to us. I think they do a great job of separating church and state where we're focused on the projects we're focused on, and someone else will focus on those other projects. We'd work with them in any capacity moving forward, and we value as much as anything in our work in our work life the quality of the people we're around and the quality of the life that we have when we're working with those people. And that's A plus plus when you're working with Marvel. So, it's not. Uh, he. It doesn't seem that he's shutting the door as far as to know that they're done after Avengers. Uh, they're open to whatever may come, and for all we know, they may already have something else in the pipeline. But they obviously, a lot of people are being coy right now, and people being pretty tight lipped uh, prior to Endgame coming out. I think that we're going to see more from them. I really do. Uh, I I don't know. That's just uh, the the way that he keeps going round and round saying the same thing, uh, especially talking about how Marvel – working with Marvel and being uh, uh, connected to the company is that they're like family. Mm -hmm. I, 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 that just kind of screams, you know, if there's something else that they, that they want us to do,
1: we're going to do it. I say now that it's back, let them take a crack at fantastic four or X-Men.
0: I think they could do a fantastic job with the fantastic four. No pun intended, believe it or not. Um, because and we were discussing this, and Mike, sometimes I'm just I'm going to call it. You should just start recording without telling us. Yeah. <laughs> because some some great conversations happen before
1: you cut the mic on. You, you know, if we do that, it may just turn into Patreon exclusive bonus material. Oh, there you go. You you want to hear our ramblings from the lair, Mighty Marvel geeks, deep from the lair on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Because I am trying to figure out things to rework Patreon with, and that would be it. Well, the thing, well, just to kind of highlight our conversation, was
0: the thing about the Fantastic Four, you can almost make this a non-superpowered version of the Fantastic Four and Mm -hmm. still make it really good. Yeah. Because, well, for one thing, Reed Richards – Yes, he has superpowers. Yes, sometimes they enhance what he can do as a superhero. But yeah. he is a genius first and foremost. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, and the and another part of the conversation: who is smarter in the Marvel universe? That was an awesome discussion. That was an awesome yeah. discussion. And and to nutshell that one, there are a ton of geniuses that were that are in the Marvel universe and in the MCU. But the thing I don't get involved in the who's smarter, because in the end, it really doesn't matter, because what does matter is their particular wheelhouse. Right. Stephen Strange. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Stephen Strange, brilliant in the emergency room mm-hmm. or the operating room. Yep. Tony Stark, genius in
1: a robotics lab. So so what were you saying again in regards to superpowers? First and foremost, it's his brain that's the superpower. Okay. So in other words, you're saying superpowers.
0: But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Well, it does matter because he can reach the things on the top shelf a whole lot easier. That's true. It's like, where did I put that ultimate nullifier? Oh, it's three stories up there on the shelf. Not a problem. <laughs>
2: and and he's able to write out, like, these super complex formulas with both hands on a huge board going yeah. to each other, which yeah. you know, I tried doing that one time when I was a kid, and no, no,
0: no. So No, but, again, the whole part of the genius is, like I said, Stephen Strange, brilliant in an operating room. Tony Stark, brilliant in a robotics lab. Mm-hmm. Have them switch places and they're fish out of water. They are. Yeah.
2: Doesn't mean one is uh, any less intelligent than the other, but, like you said, it's all about what wheelhouse are we talking about. Yeah. Yep. Or
0: to, to even uh, Peter Parker. Peter Parker is no slouch. Okay. Peter Parker is probably genius on, I don't know that I want to say the same level as as, um, as Reed Richards, but he's still freaking brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I would say he's up there with Tony. I'll
2: put him up there with Tony considering, considering he was able to put together web shooters when he was like, what, so let's see, he got bit when he was like, what, 15? So he's 15 years old, and he's able to construct web shooters. And 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 create a formula to make a web fluid that is similar to the construction of a spider's web, and he he did this with a home chemistry set, or if he was able to sneak sneak around and use the one at school. So he you no know, he's up there, but you know I don't think I I don't think that Peter would be able to. I, Peter isn't an engineer. So he's not gonna be able necessarily to build a spider mobile. I think the spider mobile was even given to him.
1: You know. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he's not he, he's not, you know, intelligent, but that's just not his wheelhouse.
1: I think if they do the Spider-Mobile, it needs to look like the Mego Spider-Mobile.
2: Oh yeah. as that we is. see,
1: as we see it in Spider-Man: Into the Spider-Verse.
2: Yes, yes, it, that, and that needs to happen. I mean, they kind of touched on it in um, Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, he he had he had one that was similar to that, and I mean, in the most uh, in the most recent uh, Marvel Vehicles Owner's Manual, the. The the Spider Mobile is
1: in that too. Yeah. Well, while we're in this direction, um, you know, Chris Evans has has stated that he has turned down the role of Captain America twice. (laughs) Was like Cap turned down the role twice? Apparently, the first offer was a nine film deal, and he turned it down. Then came back. Then the studio came back with a six film contract, and he passed again. He accepted an invitation to visit the studios back when the company, newly purchased by Disney, was still out of Raleigh Studios' Manhattan Beach complex. But made it clear he wasn't planning to change his mind. So, after some pestering, consultation with friends, and an encouraging call from, oh, Robert Downey Jr., Evans took the part. So, talk about a Marvel what-if what if Evans never changed his mind who plays Captain America? Which I got to say we were corrected or I got I got a note of correction about our fan casting last week. Okay. Mendelsohn can't play doom because he's already Talos in Captain Marvel. That's a oh, double displacement. So, um so who who do we go with well, for, for John, Captain Marvel? Well, go ahead.
2: Well, are, are you well, John Krasinski was on the short list at that point, but that was that was like towards the end of the office yeah. and he really proven himself. You know, it, it it was hard for me I I, I was really struggling to see him as Steve Rogers, whereas I could definitely see him now, especially after seeing him in um, in uh, Jack Ryan in the Jack Ryan series. Right. So I I'm willing to see him. I could see him as Steve Rogers. Uh, would he have would Would he necessarily have the same presence as Chris Evans? I, I don't know. He comes close. You know, he kind of has that boy-next-door demeanor to him that Chris Evans has. But as Chris Evans grew into the character, he, like I said earlier, he embodies Steve Rogers now. Right. And, and I, the thing is, I just believe that's who he is. You know, it's not him trying to play a role uh, and bringing it from the screen to... His personal life. That Chris Evans is this world's Steve Rogers. I, I, that's just how I see it.
1: Oh, I I agree. But it's the story that's underneath this that I think has more of my oh, yeah. interest. Mm-hmm. Movies you never realized inspired the MCU. Oh, yeah. Okay. Number one, Beauty and the Beast. How, what movie did this inspire? Thor. The scene... When Thor sacrifices his life to save the people of impossibly small town, New Mexico. And then he's reborn when Odin deems him once again worthy of his magic powers and hammer. Um, it's kind of similar to when Beast makes a similar sacrifice and then receives that magical rebirth. And even the shot of their arms outstretched are almost almost the same. On um, Number two, how about Raiders of the Lost Ark? You're like oh, okay. Raiders in Captain America the first Avenger. There's a scene where Red Skull grabs a Tesseract and is melted into blue energy goo. Sound familiar? How about when the Nazi bad guy bad guys start melting after they open the Ark of the Covenant? I can so totally see that. Number three, a matter of life and death. And this ties in with Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, In the end of first Avenger, Steve and Peggy are saying their emotional goodbyes over a radio. And it's taken from the beginning of a matter of life and death, which is a movie about a pilot who falls in love with the woman he speaks to over the radio as his plane goes down. Only to discover he miraculously survives the crash. Well, so did Cap, but it took him a while. Yeah. Because, you know, Cap, he was just cold as ice. Oh, oh, dude. Dude. What? Now when I hear a song, I'm going (laughs) to watch one down. There you go. Uh, Number four, the uh, the usual suspects. Yep. Relates to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, when the Guardians space lined up, the team is pretty much exactly like the one in Usual Suspects. And both, I, I, and both uh, scenes serve the same purpose.
2: Yeah. I totally, I have to admit, when I first saw, like, you remember how, like, in the trailer, you know, it shows them kind of walking out, you know, in the line there. I, I totally saw that scene in my head.
1: Well, that scene where they're all walking out, I thought, hmm, The right stuff, Monsters, Inc., and everyone else who used that same type of walking out of a hangar feel. Oh, yeah. But with the lineup, I mean, usual suspects.
2: That was totally usual suspects.
1: Now, North by Northwest comes in at number five. We're like, and Eric's like, when we talked about this before show, he's like, huh? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. No, I had to
0: step away for a minute while y'all were discussing that, and I was like, how do you get that? Because
1: I just, I came back, I had no context for it. Gotcha. I missed that because Kylan was on screen. Well, I was looking at this article. Uh, Guardians has several antecedents as well, including the sequence where Nebula tries to mow down her sister Gamora in a spaceship as Gamora runs for her life in the middle of a huge deserted planet. Swap the ship for a biplane. Zoe's Zaldana for Cary Grant, which I'd rather stick with Zoe. And you've got North by Northwest by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, Silence of the Lambs in The Avengers. Take out Anthony Hopkins and jodie foster put in loki trapped behind glass and black widow and it's like clarice and hannibal but without the fafa beans i'm the nice uh, auntie <laughs> um in how about rocky 3 yes this is Uh-oh. the one with clubber right. um this appears in black panther is where the movie that's influenced Both features um, involve a king or a champion who finds his reign tested by a younger, angrier challenger. In both, the champion and king loses their first fight and then has to retrain themselves for a a rematch and a shot at redemption. Okay. Uh, Number eight, Troy, which we see in Thor The Dark World. In Troy, Achilles is introduced is introducing, killing an enormous warrior with a single swift blow Um, in Thor The Dark World. Thor is reintroduced by doing the exact same thing. even basically had the same one-liner. Is there no one else and anyone else? Uh, The Manchurian Candidate is at number nine, and we see that in Captain America's Civil War. When we meet the Winter Soldier in The Winter Soldier, um, this is where we first meet him. Uh, in Captain America's Civil War, as the detail that he's programmed by the careful re- uh, reciting of some key words and phrases. The notion that a sleeper agent could be hypnotized and reactivated with a verbal command comes straight from the Manchurian Candidate, um, which is probably where they got the idea for it from the, in the comic as well. Um, so, and of course, in the Manchurian Candidate, Sergeant Raymond Cho could be turned into uh, a mindless killer with, why don't you pass the time by playing a little solitaire? Wait, uh, who? Never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory in Thor Ragnarok. Thor's introduction to to Scar in the world of the Grand Master owes its m- so much disturbing tunnel sequence to Willy Wonka. Even so much that Taika Waititi even used the Wonka song Pure Imagination for this scene.
0: Yeah. Now I gotta and go back and watch that again. <laughs> no, if you listen to the audio commentary for Thor Ragnarok, yeah, he goes all into that.
1: Uh, number 11, to be fair, Marvel movie still literally from The Empire Strikes Back. And Thor The Dark World isn't even the only one where the main character loses a hand. There's a similar moment with the Winter Soldier in Captain America Civil War. But The Dark World's is the one that has the shot of Thor looking so much like a behanded Luke Skywalker that you swear they showed Chris Hamworth the screen grab and said, Okay, now scream like Mark Hamill.
2: But every Marvel movie, somebody loses a hand. True. I don't know. That's just like a thing. Every Marvel movie, there's somebody who loses a hand. Yep. Or an eye. Or an eye. That's or true.
1: Yeah. Uh, another Empire Strikes Back comes in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, because Guardians ends with a battle between father and son that looks a lot like the one between Luke and Vader. Mm-hmm. Except Star-Lord yeah. doesn't lose a hand, though. No. So that means Star-Lord has a hand up on Luke Skywalker. Oh. <laughs> I know you got you got to hand it to me on that one, right?
0: <laughs> oh, dude! Oh, I'm I'm spe- I'm especially tempted to give
2: you a finger. I'm <laughs> um, thumbs up on that one, dude.
1: You know what? Who has two thumbs up and is happy to have both hands? Star Lord. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, Mission Impossible. Where is this screenshot duplicate in Ant Man? Uh, Tom Cruise dangling from the ceiling is similar to Ant-Man trying to steal the yellow jacket suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Three Days of the Condor, which is a great movie, um, is in Captain America, Winter Soldier, using the same actor, casting Robert Redford in the Winter Soldier is a callback to his role in the conspiracy thriller Three Days of the Condor. The fact that he wears glasses in both probably isn't a coincidence in either. If you wanna make it, if you wanna create a headcanon where he's playing the same character in both films, you totally can. In some ways he makes the Wonder Soldier more of a tra- tragic story. Uh, and then the final one. Inception. Okay, this one isn't so much of a secret. Is it obvious it's being done in Doctor Strange's mirror dimension? And we catch that right away from the first time when it shows up in the trailer for Doctor Strange that this is pretty much one and the same. Yeah. So, um, hate to say it, but you no, know, it's about that time. You know, we we have just tangented so bad on this show even for us.
0: Yeah, but you know what the, the thing is, there's some there are some
2: Weeks. It seems like there there are articles that we can just talk through, and you know, but lately there's just been a lot of good stuff that just re- it, it needs to be discussed fully, you know, especially with with game coming and at least the uh, MCU as we know it about to completely change. Yep.
1: You know. Well, I mean, like I said, it is about that time. What time is that?
0: This is director Nick Fury of S-H-I-E-L-D. That's S.H.I.E.L.D. It's an acronym. Oh, like ALCA.
1: Yes, except it's cool. Okay, well. Oh.
0: That, that is it. serious, serious shade being thrown right there.
1: Yeah, but if you would. <laughs> before,
0: before, Kylin, before you do, yeah. you have that look on your face that says, where is that from? I'm kicking myself. I would be all over that right now. That is Phineas and Ferb, Mission Marvel.
2: Ah, yes, yes, I've seen that. Okay.
1: So.
0: Mates Monogram meets Nick Fury.
1: Yep. So it is. Here are the picks of the week. Kylan, why don't you lead us off?
2: All right. uh, Let's start off with a a fan favorite, Ernie. Marvel Team-Up, number one. Uh, This is brought to us by Eve Ewing, Joy Vasquez, Stefano Caselli, and Stefano Caselli, rather. Uh, The classic Marvel team-up returns after a science demonstration at Empire State University goes awry. Ms. Marvel and Spider-Man find themselves tangled up in the same chaotic adventure. Is it destiny or disaster? Eve Ewing of Ironheart and Joey Vasquez of uh, Spider-Geddon team-up for the first thrilling arc of a mind-bending and magnificent
0: new series. I used to love the old Marvel team-ups. Yeah, oh, I did too. Yeah, and, and most of them had Spider-Man. So this yeah. is it's, it's a good take, c- continuing the tradition. Yeah. Of a sort.
1: Uh, Eric, why don't you take us next with the, your first pick of the week?
0: My first pick of the week is Conan the Barbarian number five by Jason Aaron, Mahmoud Azrar, and Isad Rabiq. Set sail on a ship of the dead. Conan leaves the land for the life of a pirate. How did he survive disaster during the most ominous voyage of his life on a ship surrounded by dead men? And the Crimson Witch's dark plans for King Conan become grimly clear. Plus, the fifth chapter in the all-new Conan novella, Black Starlight, begun in issue number one of Conan the Barbarian. And I could have sworn that we have picked this before. It sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Yeah, but you know what? We're going to keep picking it until it actually Hits the shelves. Yeah. Right. We've done this before. We'll do it
1: again. Well, my first pick is Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider. Uh, it's by Sean McGuire, Takeshi, me Miyazawa, and Bingo. Struggling to find her place as Spider-Woman in a city that seems to reserve or revere her and hate her in equal measure, Gwen Stacy has taken matters into her, home, in her, yeah, into her own hands by becoming a hero for hire. That should make her first date with Harry Osborn a Breeze, right? After all, how many people could really need Spider-Woman's help after all? And I love this cover. It almost looks like a throwback to a previous Spider-Gwen cover. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, or or a Spider-Man cover as well. It's a great-looking cover no matter what. So, Kylan, your second pick of the week.
2: My second pick of the week is Domino Hotshots, number two of five, brought to us by Gail Simone, David Baldion, uh, R.B. Silva, and R.B. Silva Damarta. Yeah, Damarta. I I don't know what the difference uh, who if they're the same person or they just got their name mentioned twice. But now with 100% more Deadpool. Six undercover, highly trained, arm-to-the-teeth women are hunting out a device from space that changes life as we know it. Wait, who invited Wade? Okay. He might have invited himself, to be
1: honest with the, you. This is true, too. Um, Eric, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week
0: is Star Wars Solo Adaptation number 7 of Seven. By Robbie Thompson, Will Sliney, and Phil Nodo, The final showdown.
1: Oh, I'm
0: sorry, that's the final countdown. Han Solo is out of options and out of allies, and Dryden wants him dead. Will Beckett's double cross be Han's undoing? Will Han do the right thing, despite that it could cost him and Chewbacca their lives? Find out the thrilling
1: conclusion to Solo, a Star Wars story featuring material not seen in the film. Okay. My second pick of the week come from, comes from Tanishi Coates, Adam Cooper, and Alex Ross. It's Captain America number nine. Captain of nothing continues. No costume, no shield, trapped behind bars with a thousand villains and killers who would like nothing more to, than to see him dead. Steve Rogers fights back. And he could do it all day. Sounds like a T-shirt.
2: I'm pretty sure it is.
1: Captain America can do it all day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy.
1: Eric doesn't seem too thrilled about that one.
2: <laughs> He's trying not to think about what the what what that could
0: actually mean. Uh, um, the mind boggles. There should be a little spinning wheel there on, on my forehead just so you're processing, processing. Or like the old hourglass animation that kept turning over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. So,
1: Kylan, back to you for your final pick of the week.
2: My final pick of the week is Major X number one, brought to us by Rob Liefeld. Uh, so who is Major X? The <laughs> new player enters the Marvel Universe, and the X-Men are in his crosshairs. What is his vision, and how can the man known as Cable hope to stop him? Writer-artist Rob Liefeld introduces a new wrinkle in the saga of Marvel's mightiest mutants. The mystery of Major X continues in issue two as he forges a union with Cable and races against time to save mankind from certain devastation.
1: Okay. Uh, Eric,
0: your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is Deadpool number 11 by Scotty Young and Scott Hepburn. Deadpool, boneless and extra crispy. Goodnight has removed Deadpool's bones. What has Goodnight been doing since
1: Deadpool killed his parents? I know the answer. It's, it's kind of messed up, you guys. Yeah, well, my final pick of the week is from Karen Gillian, Angel Anzueta, Unzu- Unzu- and Gerald Perrell. It's Star Wars number 64 in close to the end of Karen Gillian's run. because He's done, what, 66, 67? Or is it 65? I think it's 65. I don't remember. Hmm. The Scourge of Shotoran, or Sh- Shotoran, part three. Leia leads her covert team deep into the heart of the royal palace of Shotoran. Benthic. Leads the partisans deep inside the horrific edifice of the spike. A rebel victory could cripple the empire for good. A little scourging is is one thing, but the death of a planet? Sounds like revenge on Leia's part, to Mm -hmm. some extent. Oh, yeah. So, um, that leaves us with Kylan's MU pick of the week.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I went with a deep cut, kind of, sort of. Uh... Thinking about Marvel Team-Up, this is taking it all the way back to 1972, Marvel Team-Up number 40. Uh, It features Spider-Man and the Sons of the Tiger. Uh, Martial arts masters Sons of the Tiger joined Spider-Man to take out the Crime Master. Uh, We had three letterers on this book. Gaspar Saldino, Irving Watanabe, and Karen Mantlow. Uh, the penciler is Sal Buscema. The anchor is Mike Esposito. Editor is comics legend Marv Wolfman. Colorist is Janice Cohen. And the writer is Bill Mantlow. And that's from December
1: 1975.
2: Interesting. Great
1: pick. Uh-uh. Thanks. So, um, well, we got. A few more moments. Any final thoughts? There is a rumor out there that Mark Hamill is being
0: considered for a role in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yeah, as guy who
1: created Rocket. Ooh. Oh. Okay.
2: I'm down for seeing Rocket's origins. Well, there's where he came from.
1: There's another rumor uh, from Maisie Williams saying. or New Mutants reshoots never happened, and cast and the cast is unclear if it will ever be released.
2: Well, you know, nobody. I, I, I think I, I try not to be when those people who speak for everyone, but I'm pretty certain nobody wants this movie. No, and then the
1: another story that has come out: Angelina Jolie in talks for the Eternals.
2: That's gonna be awesome, dude. Uh, I think I I think that I you know I I've liked her in other comic geek, uh, comic slash geeky properties.
1: Wanted she um, was great.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. And um and uh, her run as uh, Lara Croft was uh was really good too. Yeah. So you know, she she gets it you know and I think you know she's not one of those actors that's just oh hey you know I still want to be cool so I should do a comic movie no she I believe she's somebody who's genuinely interested in the genre, you know so i I, I think it'd be awesome to see her as part of the m c u
1: yeah uh any other final thoughts mm,
2: No, I just want to go back and watch phineas that uh, episode of Phineas and Ferb again because that was so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that's going to be about it, then uh I'm just going to say Thursday, if you would please. I've prepared a safety briefing for you to entirely ignore. And uh you know? <laughs> we shall <laughs>
0: Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West podcast network.